Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, and we focus on Magic Arena. Well, everyone, as you listen to this podcast, last week was the early access streamer event. Thanks to Wizards of the Coast uh, for giving me and a bunch of other people access to Ikoria Lair of Behemoths before everyone else. What was really cool about playing that early access event was to try out the brand new cards and also meeting new people. So this week, I've got a brand new guest to the podcast. Please welcome Yoshi. Hi. Thank you for having me on the show. You're so welcome. Um, thanks for being on the show. Um, we met during the early access event, and we'll talk yes. about that and stuff. But um, is there anything you'd like to promote before we get started? Any social media streams or anything? Uh, so like VM Campos here, I also stream on Twitch. Uh, I stream. My handle is Yoshi Islander. No spaces. And I also host a podcast called Borthos Audio Files. It's a Magic the Gathering podcast where I read to you Magic the Gathering stories for your relaxation while flavoring your knowledge of the multiverse. So if you like magic lore or want to know more about it, hit it up. Very cool. I'll put all of those links in the show notes and get you a little bit more traffic. And actually, I have it on my to-do list that I want to listen to a couple of those because I love the lore. I love the story. I love the Vorthos aspect of magic. It's just such a cool... I'm so happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like so cool when people are... Um, you know, making magic theirs. Like some people do amazing deck techs and some people are like yeah. tournament grinders and then some people are, are like related to the art of it all. And that's really cool that you're doing it that way as well. Like the Vorthos of it. Thank you very much. Well, we live in extraordinary times. You know, we're four months into 2020 and it seems like a whole different time than just five months ago. But um, is there any sort of like uh, positive thoughts or affirmation or self-care tips you'd like to give in this time that we're living in? Absolutely. So go outside for 15 minutes in the sun. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people feel very sad cooped up. And it doesn't help if you're not getting that vitamin D. And a lot of people don't really think of that as like helpful. Mm. But honestly, going outside and just like feeling the sun on you, we're basically flowers, guys. Yeah. Like it, it makes a world of difference. You'll feel a lot better. Uh, in addition to the usual drink lots of water, exercise, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like that's the most downplayed thing. People forget to mm-hmm. go outside because they're like, oh, my window's open. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they're working from home and then they stay home, keep watching Netflix, and they just never go outside. Yeah. And they just feel sad in addition to feeling cooped up. So just even if you only have like a backyard or a balcony, or if maybe you don't have access to those things, but you have like an open window that you can just be under so you could feel the mm-hmm. sun on you, it is great. Do that. It's good. It's good for you. I totally agree. We forget to do some of this self-care stuff. This is, you know, it's a little bit basic when we do it without thinking, but now we have to think to do it. So yeah, we should right. do it. I think that's great advice and thank you so much. Thank you. So the um, early access event, let's talk about that briefly. And then we, we've got a few points to talk about. Did you have fun in it? How, how many times have you uh, done that event? Dude, I was so stoked. It was my first time uh, doing an online event like that. I'm, I've done pre-releases in person, but that mm-hmm. doesn't really quite count because, of, of course, this is an early access <laughs> event. And the fact that Wizards invited me and you, us, mm-hmm. that was a big deal. I just felt seen by Senpai, that kind of feeling. <laughs> and it was just incredible to to be, you know have that opportunity because yeah. it's not every day that the game that you love and enjoy decides to love and in, like love and let you have special things as well so that yeah was freaking awesome a little starstruck i guess <laughs> yeah wasn't it cool to be in our secret server that we can't talk about and seeing mm-hmm. all of the famous people there as well <laughs> um okay so i was a little bit i was just like oh yeah i totally recognize you know like amazonian was there yeah. um, chatting and that was that was quite cool uh but at the end of the day they were just as excited like equally excited as everyone else was so that was that was nice too they they are normal like us exactly (laughs) mortals (laughs) they're also freaking out that they get to play with the latest and greatest cars before everyone yeah so it's freaking awesome it's i mean we're we're just fans and the thing about the early access event is you know wizards did it did a thing and obviously, they're only choosing the people who really enjoy the game, whether they be like spikes or just super casual. Like, I don't, I'm just glad to be here, kind of that feeling. That's mm-hmm. what I had when I was in yeah. like 
<laughs> but um, everyone, it's it's kind of like when you watch a movie day one, like at midnight. Mm-hmm. Everyone that is there at midnight wants to be there, and they're are like the biggest fans. That's yeah. what it was like for the early access. It was like the Comic Con yes. of magic. <laughs> felt like you got a special invitation it was fantastic exactly yeah Yeah, it was so much fun uh trying out the brand new cards and having Uh how many gems did we get like seven hundred thousand gems to like try every i want to know that's not i got like three hundred ninety six thousand. i was totally washed out oh well i i i don't know why i got so many but like i i guess i used all five hundred thousand of them so no no big (laughs) No, just kidding. We we all got a bunch of them, but it was like let's yeah. let's play so much magic with this. And then now that I go back yeah. to my regular account and I've got like two thousand gold, it's like wow, feel sad. I know it was very it was very sad. Just, <laughs> I was not. It was nice to be rich for a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And then we had to do our FCC disclosure. So let's do it one more time. Yeah. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for giving us access Thank to the you, early Wizards. event, and we Thank hope you. to do it again next time in the future. Yes, yes, yes. All right, very cool. Well, the big idea of this show is uh, every Friday I, I talk to a different person on the podcast with uh, all about magic, but with a focus on Magic Arena. And mm-hmm. uh, the very first episode that we have with uh, with a person is uh, kind of like a, a get-to-know-you sort of thing. So um, how long have you played any form of magic? So I started playing paper. I guess some people call it cardboard, but <laughs> it's paper. Uh, I started playing... Zendikar block, so 2008, but mm-hmm. I was on and off. Uh, 2008, 2009 was when I began, and uh, I was away from it for a while. For a while, and then uh, I played a beta or, or some kind of trial version of MTG Online, mm-hmm. uh, and then I decided I wanted to stay away from online magic because mm-hmm. why would I play that when I need to see the type of card player I am is I, I like watching people's body language and see tells. Yeah. And that's the thing about arena. Like you don't have that really, except you only have time. Like if they're taking a long time, you know, that you're, they're reading the card. So yeah. you're like, Oh, okay. They don't know this card. I might have an advantage here, yeah. but paper magic, they're in front of you. So you have tells of like, Oh, they probably have this. They're probably not going to use that shock, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So um, arena, I've been pl- I, I was turned off when I was playing MTG online because I just didn't like how it felt. And then I tried Arena because it looked like Hearthstone, and I was playing Hearthstone at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Maybe the UI that I hated so much in MTG online mm-hmm. isn't going to be here for Arena. And that was 10 months ago. It's still here. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very cool. So I I hear that often on guests on the podcast, as well as just like magic in general, in terms of I started at a certain point, and it was really cool for a while, and I gave it up for whatever reason. And then I came back, and now I'm here stronger than ever. Yeah. So similar to me, I actually um, played a little while ago, I, I, I first played in the 90s. 95. I was looking at your Twitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So 95 to 99. And fourth edition is like my my set for back when I was young and like all those amazing old um, cards that ranged between totally worthless and like amazingly broken. Um, so yeah. that's, that's when I first played, gave it up for a long time. Do you time. still have some of those cards? Do you still have some of those cards? Almost all of them. Now, here's, Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Here's, go here's the sad part though. I had for some, I put oh. all of my rares into a notebook and then when I moved oh, no. the last time, you know where this is going, the last time that I moved, oh, no, I, I don't know this. what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that notebook. And so, you know, I, I didn't That's have so any, sad. I didn't have a black Lotus or anything like that, but like the most valuable stuff I in there care. was. I don't care. It's still sad, dude. Yeah. I try not um, to think I about have... it, but I, I'm okay now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably make up for it in a lot of ways, but the, yeah. the sentimental value, at least it's in memory. So there's that. Yeah. I have like a bunch of Pokemon cards, but mine is a happier story. They, <laughs> Those followed me, and I, I was collecting those, you know, back when they first came out in like '97, '96. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I forgot about them for a bit, and then people were like, "Oh yeah, Pokemon cards are getting really..." Ex- I know this is magic, but like this is my segue. <laughs> Pokemon cards are getting really expensive now, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's been like 20 years, huh?" And so I decided to look through my notebook, and no joke, I have a 
Gen One Charizard Foily, and I got <laughs> I got that um I got that uh which which call it when you grade it yeah yeah I got that graded oh, and wow. it's it's right here it's with me it's fantastic so. Yeah, wow, that, happier yeah, that's story. <laughs> definitely, that's like the best story there that you had him from the beginning, and now it's yeah. graded and it's still in your collection. And it was the foil one, yeah, Gen One. Exactly. That's really cool. <laughs> so I'm gonna send you right here in the in the Discord. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of like old classic cards, like okay, this card that I'm sending you here is like completely worthless nowadays. But look at the art. Look how amazing that is. And it's oh coming. Oh my god! Yeah. It's coming from a set that like this is also like my youth. It's uh, this is Atacar Unicorn. It's from yeah. Ice Age, 1996. And basically, it's a two-two unicorn for three mana, and it mm-hmm. taps. It's a mana dork, but it can <laughs> only tap to pay for cumulative upkeep costs, which haven't been printed in like ten years. Oh, what? So, just for the art and the artist, Quentin Hoover. He's uh, unfortunately passed on, but he his his art is one of my favorite arts from back in the day. And then, yeah, this is the card that I still have from then. This is not one of the ones that I that I lost. But I still have some of these old classic cards, a lot of memories, That's and great. they're still in my collection. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like these these are your beginning foundations. And the fact that you yeah. still have them really tells how much you love the game. An OG. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've had a few people on the podcast that were there since beta and that they oh, did shoot. have like uh, moxes and stuff. But then they That's also kind of moved on and it got... It went away somewhere or they sold it for pennies on the dollar and mm-hmm. or they didn't take care of the cards and all of that. But that's the thing about magic. It's been around 25 years. It'll be around 25 more and we've all got a story with it. And maybe we for start sure. and stop, but it's always there for us. Yeah. Speaking of, because we were talking about Moxes and Black Lotus and whatnot. You've mm-hmm. heard about that story about that dude that was saving up the Black Lotuses up in his attic. Have you heard this? Does it sound familiar? Because I could stop. Possibly, uh, maybe, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I Let's see where it goes. Okay, so there was a bunch of Black Lotuses up in his attic, mm-hmm. and apparently he's saving them up because they were accruing money, and he knows how much they're worth, because mm-hmm. uh, he was going to put it toward his you know, his kid's college tuition, his daughter's college tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife was cleaning up the attic and was just like, what are these old cards? Like, he Uh-oh. doesn't play this anymore. Mm-hmm. Threw them away. He had, uh... like, at least, like, four Black Lotuses or something crazy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's a semester! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. I saw recently also, it's been going around, it's been doing the rounds. It was an Antiques Roadshow uh, with someone bringing a whole notebook full of like, a, I think it was all limited edition beta. And so it was oh like a God. whole collection of beta. And yes, there was Black Lotus and Mox in there. And then the guy was telling the lady, yeah, this stuff right here, this this card right here is like $5,000. So she's like hyperventilating and everything. So yeah. Um, oh it's... my goodness! Can you? What episode? I mean, I want to watch that episode. I'm so about that history, magic, health story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was uh, Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, um, Magic the Gathering. Um, I'm sure if I just Google that Antiques Roadshow of Magic the Gathering, could probably find it. Yeah, it's, it sick. was like on the. It was like kind of making the circuit recently. So yeah, you, you can find that. And uh, it was a short and sweet episode. And there was a guy in there that was doing the appraisal that you can tell that he also played yeah. Magic. And he was like, "Wow, like I'm looking at this stuff here, and it's like so amazing to just see it, this collection. It was in really all good quality because sometimes yeah. those cards end up really beat up because you play them on the floor. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And my Charizard's like that. It's, yeah. it's beat up. So. Oh, sure. But it's yeah. still like the original Gen 1 yeah, foil. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been playing Paper Magic for a while. And like you said, mm-hmm. we started to play uh, digitally on Arena at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you said about 10 months now. So that's cool. How do you think the mm-hmm. evolution of the of the game has progressed? Um. So I really like it because, again, I'm, I'm a huge Hearthstone UI fan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm basically a, I was a Blizzard loyalist until mm-hmm. uh, certain certain things happened that, that had mm-hmm. to do with Hearthstone. But we all sure. that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely love that. Uh, one thing that I appreciate that Magic is bringing in is the CGI the animations in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful marrying of digital meets, you know the playing field of Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. and I, I really like that. So I'm talking more about the artsy, artsy feel of it. Sure. Um, I still think, I'm still talking about the UI here, but the blocking yeah. mechanism is still kind of wonky, yeah. but you know, not everything's perfect. At the end of the day, I could play 
the game that I like a yeah. lot <laughs> really well. So yeah, I like how it's evolved quite a bit. Same here. I've been seeing it uh, since like April 2018 when it was still in closed beta. Mm -hmm. um, and nice. I've interviewed other people that they were there since around like November 2017, like the most earliest version. And they also wow. tell me that it was like the only set in the beginning was Ixalan. Um, oh. So it was like very, very limited. It was limited. limited, but forced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super limited. And yeah. then when I got into it, it, it had uh, both of the Ixalan sets, I believe. And then I guess that's it. And then it, they started to add to it. And then they put in uh, Kaladesh and oh. Amonkhet. But then they took it away after they went into public beta. And uh, were you around there when they did that from the, from the beta, uh, limited beta to the public beta? No, I was not. I was not. So there At was least, that. I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, it's all, even if you play for a lot, you, it kind of all blurs together a little bit. But there, yeah. there were those two sets, Kaladesh and Amonkhet block. And then they switched over to the open beta and they kind of shut those down. So uh, mm. some say that it's still, you know, programmed deep in the code, those old cards like, you know, the Hazaret and, and all of that from the original. Mm -hmm. Um, Amonkhet block, but we, we don't quite have it and it just keeps progressing. But I totally yeah. agree about like the aesthetics, like when the pets came out, that was really fun. And then yeah. um, like I really liked the Ember Cat because I'm a cat person and I like to do cat decks. Yeah. But I have to admit, I kind of like the fox a little better. I think it's a little cuter and goofier. Dude, Ikoria is all for you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for people like you. I was thinking about that for Ikoria too, not to segue again, yeah. but Ikoria is just like a huge pop culture uh, worship, I think. Mm -hmm. We got Sharknado in there. <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah. cats and foxes. We got Godzilla. We have King Kong. Yeah. We have everything in that set <laughs> for yeah. pop culture. Exactly. Like that kind of set. I think it has a little bit for everyone. It has like broken mm -hmm. cards. It has like combo yeah. cards. It has fun cards and jank cards and tribal cards. A little bit of everything. I was talking to one of my friends about it because uh, I was trying to convince him to play because he plays like only historic and only among his group of friends and stuff, which is fine. That's great. I love different types of ways that you can play magic because I was like that at one point too. Um, but convincing him to play, I was just like, dude, it's like unglued, but for some <laughs> reason it's standard. So yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt like anyway. That's a good way to put it because like there is a sort of feeling overall in terms of the artwork, which is amazing as always, but it's still a little cuter and goofier. And I think that's yeah. cool. I like that. I like for it to go like from the serious stuff to the fun stuff. And I yeah. like that aesthetic. And then they did this um, uh, mutate mechanic, which is a riff on unstable, which is that um, augment mechanic. Did you ever play unstable? I did not actually. <laughs> so it was like that. You could combine creatures. You could make a half hummingbird, half kitten card on that. That's adorable. Adorable imagery. Which is what we have right now with Mutate. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it is. Yeah. So in the amount of time that you've been playing, um, how would you consider your skill level in any form of magic? Beginning, intermediate, advanced, somewhere in the middle? Uh, so this is how I describe myself for any video game, really. It's like, I'm better than a lot of my friends, a majority of my friends, so none of them want, like, okay, <laughs> so I'll play a game, and then I'll enjoy it, and then I just get really into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a, I'm basically a Timmy for mm -hmm. all the games I play. I just have a lot of fun. Uh, and then it comes to the point where my skill level's over my friend's skill level, so nobody wants to play with me anymore, because <laughs> it's not fun anymore, which makes sense. Sure. But I'm not competitive enough for me to move on to playing, like, pro tour level stuff. Yeah. Like, so that's where I am. So I guess somewhere between intermediate, advanced, yeah. um, I'm better than everyone that I know in real life. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my viewers are better than me. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's uh, that's a good way to describe it. Definitely, because we have our play group in real life, and yeah. uh, then we've got a play group online, which the play yeah. group online is everyone. And then you realize, exactly. oh, you're you're a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. So I think I'm around there I'm very, as yeah. well. Oh, nice! High five. <laughs> yes. When I got back into magic in 2017, I had to relearn a lot of stuff because I was away from like 1999 to 2017. That's a huge gap. Yeah. That's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, entire teenager. <laughs> exactly. 
that's like a whole lifetime of missing out on magic. But I still yeah. knew it existed, and I still remember seeing like, oh, this is like a horror-themed set, and oh, this is like big monster things. And I still would see that it was around. I just never really uh, played it. And then I got the bug to uh, start looking through my old stuff in 2017. And like, hey, I still have magic cards. Is, is it still around? And I, and I looked, and it was still around. And yeah. there was a local playgroup at the college, and... I brought out all the cards and started playing with these young whippersnappers and they taught me how to do it again. And, and it's uh, been really fun getting back into it. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's definitely why I was around. Like I started playing for that long and then it was a thing. We were all in college at the time too. We were all playing. And then, um, you know, everyone started moving or going back home or, you know, variations of that. So my play group just dismantled and I'm like, well, I don't really Mm want to play against random people. I didn't have Mm -hmm. as much fun going to like competitions or anything like that like you know like this tiny local the lgs stuff i didn't have as much fun if my friends weren't there with me so yeah that's why i I disappeared Mm -hmm. (laughs) then i came back because Mm -hmm. you know it looked like hearthstone (laughs) (laughs) so in the amount that you've been playing on arena what uh, card or deck has been a favorite that stood out to you to stomp your opponents with or just for the fun of it the jank of it and and all so my favorite card of all time, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of, I don't know how well you know every single card in Magic, but it's Thraximundar. Oh. He who paints the, he who paints the, like the earth red, that's his flavor text. And oh. it is by far the best flavor text in all Magic, I feel. It's just such a cool line. It just He just kills things and then he paints the earth red. So uh, that was my favorite card for a while because it was just such a badass card and it was great in Commander. Um, and well, let, then... me, let me look it up myself so I can see yeah, it myself. Oh, sure. here it is right here, Thraxamundar. Okay, yeah. yeah. The art looks pretty epic. A huge casting <laughs> cost for a 6-6 haste. And then it yeah. attacks. Def- defending player sacrifices a creature and then you get plus ones. Ooh, that's pretty amazing. And yeah, for the flavor text as well, yeah. his name means he so... who paints the earth red. Amazing. <laughs> it's he's it's such a sick thing and then uh so that was my favorite card for a long time and it just never changed and i think it's just he he just looks really cool to me Mm -hmm. and it's funny because those are actually the colors i don't play that often (laughs) so like unless they're like a pre-made deck i don't necessarily play those cards Uh, i mean those color that color combination never Mm -hmm. um but yeah like it's just a just cool well it's such a cool card that it did bend you to its will to play exactly. those colors yeah exactly so i have a commander deck based around this kid i cool. shouldn't say kid <laughs> this zombie assassin yeah <laughs> this legendary creature um but i guess on arena god what's my favorite my single favorite card at the moment <laughs> i really like when fervent champion comes out i'm playing a really spiky haste mm-hmm. mono red deck very aggressive well i have to admit uh, <laughs> that there are very few cards that trigger me and that is one of them <laughs> sorry not sorry i get really excited when i see it he is exactly i'm excited when i play it but i'm not excited to play yeah, against yeah, yeah. it yeah no definitely he's a he's like the, uh, no sorry i'm just excited now um he he's definitely a target for any kind of removal as yeah. soon as he's out everyone just wants to throw all the removal on him they'll like throw on the biggest type of they'll spend enormous amounts of money to just get rid of him before they die like yeah. and i don't blame them because i'd feel the same if i was on the other end they'll do a bane fire for five just to make sure <laughs> i've seen that and that's happened for me too like yeah. it's just they will they'll use like I can't remember the the spell now. I I remember cards by their art, but yeah. it's the one with Kaya on it, and you do three damage to your creature and you gain three life. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe the not. she's the planeswalker planeswalker one or a spell? I mean, a, it's like, a spell. It's a spell, but um, I can't remember. I just remember that Kaya's on Kaya's the card. wrath. I think <laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't remember mm. the name, but uh, mm. yeah, they will always choose. One of my fervent champions, and it's sad, but I have three more on my deck. So exactly, <laughs> and then I'm sure living the dream is when you've got more than one at the same time, and they buff each other. Yes, it's fantastic. I had three out at once, and it was probably <laughs> <laughs> the most amazing thing. That's yes, isn't it cool that like uh, the art is based on a Magic Pro winner, Javier Dominguez? 
I had no idea. Yeah, the flavor text. That is uh, cool. It actually then says something like, World Championship, Javier Dominguez. So he won recently, and he got immortalized in a magic card. And they used to do that for a long time. And then they stopped for a while, and then they brought it back. So he's a magic what? card. Stop. Why? Why? I would be so pissed if I won, and that's like the years that they stopped. I'd be so yeah. upset. <laughs> so they brought it back now, so we all have a chance again. Yeah, woo! <laughs> What about any decks, anything online or offline that you like as a sort of a general deck concept? I admittedly like anything that's blue mm-hmm. because I think blue is a the hardest car, a color to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so islands in general. So I appreciate mill. Mm. I appreciate any way that you can beat somebody that isn't tra- the traditional get my life down to zero. Yeah. Um, there's something about that that like really gets me. And I think it's the creativity of it all. Um, I, I can't, I don't have like the type of brain that can find certain like combos to do a lot of the things that these amazing decks do. And I see them mostly from co- anything with blue or splash blue or like, it always happens with that. That's the most creative, like, decks happen from there. So I don't have a favorite deck, per se, but I have a favorite... I have color appreciation, so mm-hmm. to speak. <laughs> so I'm not doing anything... I'm not, like, out there looking for specific janky um, types of decks, but mm-hmm. I like seeing them around, for sure. <laughs> now, when you do mill... Do you ever do any self-mill for some, uh, some 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 shenanigans? And see, and that's the thing, is that, like, I don't know, like, I, it feels uncomfortable that I'm self-milling yeah. myself to find a thing. It always feels uncomfortable, and this is, this is my issue. This is where I want to improve in magic, if that was a question later. This is where I would <laughs> is knowing when it's okay, like, being comfortable with milling myself or losing life in general because i came from a life gain life drain kind of deal like i need to be in enormous amounts of life enormous Mm. amounts of creatures on the board like just a lot of everything an overabundance of everything so Mm. this milling yourself thing or like kill killing yourself to get things out or sacrificing your own creatures is still something that that's a bit of a discomfort for me as a Mm. player Mm -hmm. that i'd like to improve on more for myself, I agree in terms of like self mill. I've never been a fan of that. Um, I do like to play. It's like you got sixty cards, and then it's just like you have less, and you draw all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then oh. like I don't want to lose that way. I want them to lose, exactly. but not myself. But then when other people do yeah. it and they self mill themselves, and they've got a jace out, and then they suddenly win. Well, okay, well I guess yeah. you you got it. Yeah, um, it's so impressive. So, like, black and blue, I think, is my favorite color combination. So there's a little bit of the complication of blue there, plus, like, the self-sacrifice of black. So life-wise, yeah. I think I'm okay with doing the, the life loss because one of my favorite cards is Bolus's Citadel. Um, that's mm-hmm. the one that lets you pay life to pay cards off the top of your library. And there have been yeah. times that I've gone all the way to, like, one, two life, whatever, but then I still win because then I brought out that final Grey Merchant of Asphodel that saved me and wrecked them. Um, so those and are that my- drives me nuts, by the way. <laughs> those are, that's the things that drive me absolutely nuts. It's like that's a trigger. Your f- fervent champion's yours. Yeah, being at one life and then losing against you drives me <laughs> nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many ways to play, so many ways to yeah. win, and so many ways to lose. Yeah, exactly. Have there been any cool, funny, weird moments that you've had on Arena that come to mind? Uh, so for Arena, I was actually thinking about this uh, the other day. I'm so used to having matches last no more than 20 minutes mm-hmm. that anything more than that is kind of kind of goes to the whole epic yeah. realm for me. It's just like, oh, this is a good game. Like I'm spending a lot of time on it. And I had done a couple uh, a couple months ago. I had done a fun little mini tournament between me and some of my uh, friends that I met through Magic Arena. Mm-hmm. And we basically chose one card for each other. And then we had to build a deck around it, like a theme around what yeah. that card's mechanic is. Mm-hmm. So um, I forget what I chose for them, but they chose something pretty... I wasn't using a lot of red at the time, so they chose me a red card for this. <laughs> like, really horrible. I don't remember it anymore. All I remember at the end of the day was that this 
match took like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And I have no idea how it took so long because, of course, it's like 60 cards. It's an arena. But for some reason, it just went on forever. Mm. And that just doesn't happen in arena. So mm -hmm. that's when I that's what I remember in terms of uh, my my coolest moment i don't know if cool is quite the word but most interesting <laughs> most different most standout moment i would say yeah. is the the length of time because it just you know if you're not playing something like a different format then it just it doesn't happen in this game so, it definitely yeah. feels that we're kind of used to the faster nature of things even if yeah. you're playing a control deck i suppose yeah. but i definitely feel it as well if it if the game is going longer than whatever normal usually feels like under 20 minutes yeah. Um, it definitely stands out like, okay, I've been uh -huh. invested this long in it. I've got to win now. Yeah. But then they pull out their final card and defeat you. Yeah. And then even then, actually, <laughs> that same game. So I won that game, but he didn't even let me have last hit. He nah. killed himself. So I wouldn't have last hit. And it was so horrible. I was like, we've been playing for so long. You won't even let me have last hit. But yeah. it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> During the early access streamer event, I had a fun time creating a cat deck, a Selesnia yeah. cat deck. And so uh, you might have been at the receiving end of that uh, <laughs> cat at one point, as well as other people. And so that was uh, uh, that was just a little fun thing there. Yeah. Um, just green, green, white cats. And yeah. uh, I like to do these stipulations, especially during these early access events where uh, it's you know, people that are playing the full breadth of standard, like, okay, cool, they have, like, every single card to work with, but I like to just do stipulation Ikoria only, or, mm -hmm. uh, like, Eldraine only, or whatever, and then make yeah. some sort of stipulation. So that one was, like, just, that's my fun thing. That's my story for that. Just play a, a cat deck in the early access event, and I'm trying to get it also to work on regular arena now, and I did manage to beat an Uro uh, deck, an opponent had Uro, and you know how that goes with that one. And then so congratulations. Thanks. So cats. Uro decks are just annoying. <laughs> yeah, cats versus so. Uro, and now we know who the true champion is. Yeah, <laughs> the cats, of course. <laughs> yes, I want that deck list. <laughs> sure, I'll put it there in the in the Discord in a bit. So yeah, yeah. cats for everyone. <laughs> Um, so if you lean a little bit towards intermediate, towards advanced, uh, what mm -hmm. sort of advice would you give to newer players getting into Magic? It seems like we're getting a lot more because Magic is way more accessible now that you can play digitally in a more modern way. Yeah, so uh, we talked about it a little bit before. Oh, my advice is, so uh, I actually teach magic to a lot of people because a lot of people are always surprised when they're like oh you play magic and mm -hmm. i'm like yeah it's freaking coolest game ever it's the most complicated game in the world um mm -hmm. and uh because it's actually because of that that it keeps so many people away people are so scared of it because it's got such a long age to it there's so many rules on it each mm -hmm. card is a different rule in itself <laughs> it's each card is an exception to the rules it's so like it's it turns a lot, a lot of people off because it just feels like the learning curve is so high. And so whatever, um, whenever I tell people when they're beginning and they don't really feel like playing, one, I tell them Arena has a really good intro <laughs> to learning. But two, it's not not the only way. The only way to have fun isn't just to win. There's mm -hmm. so many things in Magic. It's this massive multiverse, multiverse, the story. So I really enjoy Magic for the art and the story and i don't care about losing so much as just appreciating how you beat me mm -hmm. like if you find something that i've never seen before that's really exciting for me because this game has been around and people are still finding really incredible ways to just completely annihilate you and that's mm -hmm. freaking cool mm -hmm. and like and so it's just things like that it's just like um i it's not all just about like winning. I mean, obviously that's how you like play the game, but if you can make your house rules with it, like yeah. there's just start. Like my advice to magic players is to do not be scared of the gatekeepers. Screw the gatekeepers. They're <laughs> only at the front. There's so much more behind them. Just go in. It's so fun. Definitely. I think the house rules aspect of things is is a great way to put it in terms of yeah, there's a whole you know, novel of rules that you can read and every card is an exception, but just play together. Like, you know, yeah, my cat attacks your dragon, you know, let's have fun. Yeah. Well, let's do it like that. And then we'll, you'll figure out the rules as you go through it. You yeah. know, after I took my big hiatus from it, I had to come back and, and it's like, well, some rules are, are extinct now. Like there's no more mana burn. Mm -hmm. uh, banding is no longer around, you know, all this like old mechanic stuff. 
but then I have not like heard Mana Burn in so long. <laughs> that that term, Mana Burn, that just uh, that like tinkered. It hit a little file in the back of my. It's all dusty yeah. back there. <laughs> yeah, I love to bring it up when I can. But yeah, Mana Burn. Remember that in the old yeah, days yeah. when it would hurt you if you didn't use all your mana. Uh, so these younger people are like, "Whoa, how would it possibly do that? Why?" But um, yeah, there's that, and then banding even older than that. Where do you, do you know about that one? Banding. I have no idea about that. That one's kind of like a meme when people bring it up. It's like so weird. Basically, you can combine your creatures to attack, uh, oh. but then you get to decide how the damage is dealt instead of your blocker. Oh. And then same thing, like when they attack you, you can band your creatures together and then you can put all that 10 damage onto your 1-1 and the rest of the creatures live. And it's like a really confusing thing. If you look up any card in banding in the, you know, in Scryfall or the Oracle, uh, it's like, it's just got a little, the whole, if it were printed nowadays, the whole text box would just be an explanation of how banding works. It's that complicated. (laughs) God so glad that doesn't exist anymore especially when you just said that uh you can assign all of the damage going to that one one block i would be so irritated all the time i just create i would create like an exile deck specifically for- yeah. <laughs> to prevent that from happening i don't know i don't know what i would do in response to those things uh that's another thing that you brought up really well is just they arena has descriptions of what everything is doing so mm-hmm. you know on paper it's just like i hope you remember what mutate does you know yes. stuff like that you just kind of like cross your fingers or you go judge but yes. um for arena you just hover over the thing and it tells you exactly what a haste what haste does yeah. or exactly what like flying is pretty self yeah. <laughs> self-explanatory but you get what i mean and so because of that magic has become so much more accessible to so many people because the rules are right there all the time so it's cool my favorite is when I when I play Zatalpa, that huge oh, white yeah. dinosaur, and then it's got what flying, double strike, indestructible, blah 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 blah, and then yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like scrolling and scrolling, explaining all that it does. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me send you right I there like in, in the Discord. There, this is an example of a banding creature. So if you click on the link to go read okay. the full description, notice how it okay. says, "Okay, banding," and then a huge paragraph that explains, and it's not a complete explanation actually, because there's corner cases oh, of what geez. banding is. Any creature with banding enough to one without can attack in a band. Bands are blocked in the group. Any creature with banding control block and are being blocked by a creature. Divide that creature's combat damage, not its controller among any of the creatures being blocked by or is blocking. That I feel like that could be rewritten to be more clear. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just they, when they designed this, this was actually since like the, the very beginning of, you know, limited. This was yeah, back yeah. in even in alpha. And back then there it didn't. Back then, you know, this card has been around since Alpha, and back then it was just said banding. That's it. So go read the little manual that came with your magic cards to understand what it oh, means. Man. And then, of course, everyone That's would always rough. get it wrong because, yes, there is a nuance when you attack versus when you block. And then just right. a lot of nuances. And like, what if I band with a flying creature and this one's not flying? Like, yeah, there's so many nuances. Uh, <laughs> I was telling, talking with another guest that, like, for the masters 25 when they reprinted one card from every single set they should have at least printed one card with banding just to mess everyone up 25 years later (laughs) that would have been pretty funny yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean i wouldn't like it but (laughs) you know (laughs) you know we were all worried about oko breaking everything just bring banding back yeah basically so um magic is itself is always evolving but uh what is one thing you'd like to improve about the game uh, we were talking about the different types of players, and I, I keep bringing it up. Um, Timmy, Timmy, Spike, mm. I brought them. I'm like Johnny. Then we know Porthos, which is the the one that talks about the story, and mm. then we have Mel, who yeah. really appreciates the mechanics of the cards. But there's nothing that talks about the art appreciation, which you both seem to to have. You mm. have art appreciation. I feel like there needs to be like another another sub sect of player that's specific to the art on the cards and there's definitely a lot of people who are appreciative of the art of the cards it's half the card yeah you know there's gonna be and they choose illustrators and they invite artists back and all these things so there i feel like there needs to be a sixth player type and I'm waiting for Magic to to release that player type <laughs> name. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a, a like a soft thing that I'd improve about Magic in terms of the hard things that I improve about the hard skills, I guess that I would improve about Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always complaints about certain broken cards. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
What do you think uh, about that, like the power level swing in terms of sometimes a set might be lower power and then sometimes it's higher power? Remember back in the old days when we thought yeah. five mana Teferi was broken and now we've got <laughs> three mana? We have a, a one mana counter in Ikoria. Did you encounter that? Oh, which one's that? I don't I don't remember off the top of my head now, hmm. but I definitely got a someone paid like one island and hmm. countered one of my spells and I was very offended. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there's, you know, go, piggybacking off what you said, like there's some things where it just feels like our cards now are getting a, a little bit so much more powerful that it kind of eliminates how, you know, other sets, previous sets worked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people can also argue the same thing about really old cards where those are really broken yeah. <laughs> if you bring them back now, you know. So I think at the end of the day, uh, Magic's really good at balancing itself out. I think that's one of the things that I really admire about Magic the Gathering and Wizards of the Coast in general mm-hmm. is that they do crazy things with their game and it doesn't feel like they're very scared about introducing rules to the game, even though, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has an opinion about everything. But then at the end of the day, the meta set settles and then everyone likes it or they don't. And then the new set comes out. So they don't have they don't have to play with it anymore. Yeah. So it's just like stuff like that. It's kind of kind of cool that even if it's kind of brokenish now like i think sharknado <laughs> that shark typhoon i think that's yeah. a bit broken even though i was playing with it and i enjoyed it like god that's gonna <laughs> you know yeah i played with uh, at least one person against that and it's it's yeah just make a bunch of sharks even when you're doing yeah. your one or two mana or three mana spells you suddenly get sharks and more sharks, sharks galore yeah. yeah so i mean at the end of the day it's only gonna be around for some odd months and then you don't have to worry about it anymore or there's yeah. going to be something stronger and bigger there's always a bigger monster yes <laughs> <So> <laughs> i'm okay with it personally so there's a lot to love and uh if you can narrow it down what is one thing that you love about magic one thing that i love about magic very nebulous question yep this is the hardest question you've asked so far. <laughs> uh, immediately, I thought of this really soft answer, and it was my first thought, so I'm going to mm-hmm. just say it. It's how it brings people together. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Even you know, even though we're recording this during a pandemic and we're all social distancing, mm-hmm. I've never felt closer to the magic community than I have right now, which is cr- pretty freaking crazy because like, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been to my LGS in some odd months. I haven't seen my real life playing group in some odd months, Mm -hmm. but yet I still feel more active in the magic community than ever. And like, I think hats off to magic to making it digital because I mean, they have a giant reach here and Mm -hmm. I don't ever feel alone. Yeah, and now that we've got real player drafts, yeah, that's the best thing. I love the pods. I, I, that's all I did. I all I did was play limited <laughs> the premiere, the premiere sealed. That's what I did for the Korea early yeah. access event, and I absolutely, it's so nice because the bot drafting, uh, but human yeah. drafting, it it changes everything. It does. So they announced it a little while ago. Yeah, human drafting is coming sometime this year. And we thought, well, yeah, by the end of the year, whatever, 2021, that'll be mm-hmm. that'll be the day. But then we get it like so soon in the middle yeah. of April. So that was really cool. I couldn't wait to play it in the early <laughs> access. And then when it was all over to uh, get it on my real account. And it's just mm-hmm. uh, we have this also this roadmap that they're going to put like remastered versions of uh, older sets. And it's just you know, we're probably going to reach a, a point where we've got Pioneer um, yeah. on uh, on Arena, just more ways to play, and then maybe even, like, you know, four-player. You know, if they never do full four-player Commander, but if they do four-player Brawl, that's also another cool way to play, so it keeps improving and getting better. Yeah, that was actually one of the things. Uh, if, it, if it came up, like, if you were going to say anything about what you wish you knew earlier when you started playing Arena, like, that sure. was, like, a question earlier. Um yeah. Like, I was going to mention that I should have stuck with MTG Online because there's just more formats. Oh, sure. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, that's what Arena... Arena is supposed to be a 1v1 thing. That's the name, Arena. But So I'm I'm kind of not really... You know, I'm not holding out that they're ever going to add multiplayer. Are they? Did they mention that? I feel like... Not really. I I don't really... Yeah. 
They haven't been mentioning so? it, but little by little, I think they're going to do it, but they just haven't been mentioning because they have so many things on their plate. And, you yeah. know, to be honest, it took a long time just to add even like a chat system and like a buddy system oh gosh, and that sort of thing. So we want everything all at once. But, you know, to be honest, yeah. software development is complicated, although you say, well, aren't they a multi-billion dollar company? But anyway, they uh, <laughs> might not have everything. That's at the... all going to development, <laughs> yes. the developing of your cards. Exactly. <laughs> Paying a lot of smart people to make some really cool cards. Exactly. So we'll, we'll, you know, I'm fine with getting it piecemealed out little by little and we'll get there. And eventually if they just keep iterating on it and getting to a great place, I, I'm all for it. Because like mm-hmm. suddenly we got this sort of like, you know, Christmas present in April, a real, real life uh, pod um, drafting, yeah. which I thought that was going to be like for the fall or whatever. So yeah, the game keeps improving. And I think that's one of the things that I love about it, that it's a work in progress. Yes, the company's been around 25 years, but their digital version of it has kind of gotten off the ground relatively fast in the amount of time that it's been out. Yeah. And actually, um, that buddy system and the chat system thing, uh, yeah, like when I went to TwitchCon last year, that was one of the things that I brought up in terms of a question. I'm like, hey, when are you going to add a friend list or a chat system or anything? They're like, it's, it's we're, we're in the works yeah and uh yeah then it came out way f- sooner than i thought so i'm just like maybe they just had to hear it <laughs> in person <laughs> yeah like maybe it's somewhere like everyone's like complaints are somewhere stuck really low in the support queue and so mm-hmm. no one sees it maybe they just have to hear it out loud or something but i'm just gonna believe that they needed yoshi islander to say it one <laughs> more time and then they added it <laughs> that's the final that's the straw that broke the camel's back right there yeah <laughs> But yeah, it would be fantastic to see other formats. Like Commander is definitely my favorite format to play, and I haven't played it in a very long time. And then I would mm-hmm. love to see Two Headed Giant because that was my oh, yeah. second favorite. And a lot of people don't bring that up. A lot of people are surprised. They're like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "It's like, like you know, it's versus, but you have a friend." Yeah. So <laughs> I played nice. a version of that in my real life play group a little while ago. But we played a version of that where we could also share each other's lands. Oh, uh, that's a little overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it was fun, and we never did it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what did we call it, because we were calling it Two-Headed Giant, but then like we're like, what what name should we give this to this brand new format we invented? And we said, like I don't know, like like Magic Roommates or something. I don't know what we thought, <laughs> it, but roommate. it was just like borrowing each other's stuff. Two-Headed Giant, but broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to do my counter spell. Let me borrow your mana for it. Yeah, seriously. That like I have to watch like multiple things. Yeah. Uh, but I mean that seems awesome. Having mm-hmm. resource sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've done a format as well. Uh this was a 1v1 where we had one deck and we both drew cards from the one deck. Oh. That sounds cool. Yeah, so there's just so many ways to play, some more broken yeah. than others, but just so many ways to play. <laughs> For sure. Well, all of this magic talk, we might think that, you know, magic's the best thing of all, which is true. But (laughs) there are other things that other hobbies that apparently exist. So what is one non-magic hobby that you're into? So before we started recording, this is this is for you, audience people. Before we started recording, I was telling VM Compost here that uh, sorry if he can he can hear my chickens in the background (laughs) of the audio. He'd have to edit out. But I am. I do, I call it the three C's, which is cards, magic gathering, mm-hmm. compost, and chickens. <laughs> so I absolutely love my chickens. Uh, I have backyard chickens. I have a small flock outside and I have two chick, baby chicks here. Mm-hmm. They have really cool names. Uh, Chiquille O'Neal <laughs> is, <laughs> is here. I also have one named Yup, which is a combination of Nope and Yup. Uh, ah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just cute. And then the ones outside have the cooler names. I have a Hey Hey, which is Moana from Disney, oh. uh, her chicken. Mm-hmm. And then I have a Cluck Norris. That is my rooster. <laughs> and is that the, I have, So that's the strongest one, right? Yes, he's definitely the strongest one. He's our dominant boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also have a Princess Leia mm-hmm. and a Hen Solo. So oh. those are my guys. And then eventually, if I get more, I'll get like a Yoke. Oh, oh no, and then a Meryl Cheap. But you know, uh, I, I, thought, have, like... I thought you were going to keep the Star Wars memes going and say something like Yodel, Yoda, yeah, Yoda, 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 Yoda or something. Yokta. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, um, a lot of people were saying that 
they're really upset that my hen solo didn't end up being like a, a Darth egg or something. Oh, sure. all black. Um, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, Darth egg, it doesn't really say any, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't funny enough for me, so I just dropped it. But I love chickens. If you guys ever want like a weird pet that'll mm. always make people smile, it is a chicken. Chickens are so easy. They're easier than cats and dogs, oh. harder than a goldfish. So there oh, you go. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever see that old weird movie from the 80s, Return to Oz? No, I have not. There was a sequel to Wizard of Oz. You know, Wizard of Oz is from Sounds... 1939. Right. And in the 80s, uh, they did a sequel, which was Return uh -huh. to Oz. And it is one of the scariest, most traumatic movies you'll ever watch, <laughs> especially if you're a little kid. So when I watched it as a oh, little kid. Boy. However, there is a talking chicken in there that you might fall in love with. So look up Aww, that movie. Well, see, now I'm I'm torn because you opened up with it being so horrific. But now there's <laughs> chicken in it. So I feel like I'm obligated to watch a thing. But I haven't heard... It, of it ever so i guess it can't be that awful because if it was then it would be like the red door right like everyone yeah. talks about it so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think though it's because when i watched it i don't know i was like eight years old or something so that's when it was scary yeah. but now we're a little bit more grown up than that so it might not be as bad but just watch out for the wheelers uh, oh gosh there's that's how i feel about the yellow submarine oh like, I okay uh, i did not like the yellow submarine <laughs> Those the blue same with Fantasia. Mm. Yeah, all of that. Ugh. <laughs> oh yeah, Fantasia. That one's pretty epic as well, with like the night on Bald Mountain part of it and the demon up on the mountain. Like, yeah, yeah. that's scary. It is. And I was thinking about it. I was watching uh when Disneyland was open. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> I had gone there pretty recently and I was like re-watching uh some of their, their shows at the end. And then it was basically it's phantasmic, so it's based off mm. of Fantasia. And then I was just watching this, and I'm like, dude, this is and I'm an adult. Like there yeah. are four-year-olds next to me, still awake at nine p.m. for some reason. But there's four yeah. four-year-olds next to me watching this, and they're not scared. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Kids are too tough today, I guess. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they've seen stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as for myself, I like comic books that's my other big hobby i still like oh, cool. like paper comic books unfortunately comic shops are shut down at the moment although they do curbside ah. delivery um, have you heard about comic con today um there's like a uh like new new news of comic con today i thought it's i saw a tweet canceled. but i didn't read it oh canceled okay. that is a breaking news right here on the podcast i saw the tweet like the first sentence of it but then i didn't read it but okay yeah i gotta look into yeah. that the it's gonna be you know i think july I, I didn't really i brushed over the the dates that they're rescheduling it on but it's 2021 mm -hmm. um so for wonder WonderCon, i don't yeah. know how how much you keep track of all of sdcc's little family umbrella of conventions of, yeah exactly the family of conventions that they have but WonderCon was canceled but they had a digital version so uh, I think that was like last week or April 7th, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm thinking is that since Comic-Con is canceled, they're probably going to have some kind of that. But a mm -hmm. lot of people didn't hear about WonderCon's digital version. Yeah. So a lot of people thought WonderCon was just canceled, period. But there was actually a digital thing that was happening. Yeah. So I think maybe for Comic-Con, they'll make a bigger deal about it so that more people can see it, like a free version of it. But they yeah. definitely said refunds in mm -hmm. the emails. So or Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got I to gotta look at that breaking news. Yeah. yeah. So have, have you been to uh, Comic-Con before? Yeah. I've been going since 2006 every single year since very 06. cool wow yeah and i volunteer i'm uh art show staff at mm. comic-con so mm. that's you know art appreciation if you didn't yeah. <laughs> if you didn't catch already that's yeah. a theme in my life so um i've been very fortunate to to go to comic-con every year mm -hmm. since i first started in 2006 so that's so yeah huge cool. fan. <laughs> i might have even run into you there because i liked going Likely. to the art exhibit and such and oh. i've been going there a little while as well you know a little bit longer than you since <clears throat> 1993 hey what up every single year since 93 yes at least one day every single year since 93 that's uh, sick. You must back... be more heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I am not. But, well, less actually, yeah. uh, because I we heard it here on the podcast where we're having fun. If I was like all by yeah. myself, just like you know, drinking by the fireplace, okay, then maybe I, I would have taken it worse. But you know, I didn't take it too bad. Yeah. <laughs> 
True, true. <laughs> but yeah, just still still look out for it. I know that there's supposed to be more information on that in yeah. general for Comic-Con's mm-hmm. cancellation. Yeah, Yeah, but if we do like that digital kind of version, like for WonderCon, that, mm-hmm. that'll be close enough and it'll still be kind of cool <laughs> to talk to people and uh, maybe people will probably do like some cool, maybe they'll even do like a webcam masquerade sort of thing to keep that alive. Yeah, and, so uh, that's actually the thing. Uh, WonderCon had that. They still had a, a what's it called? Um a cosplay contest that mm. took place but it was through tweets only and so they had like a free version so i think they still gave everyone their money back but there's like a free version online so that everyone can still you know have mm. like a digital version of the thing it's not as great as being there in person sure. but yeah. i imagine so for the cosplay contest i know one of the prizes that they gave was they would put the winners on like their site so they get like a lot of um, advertising basically through the family of conventions as you said so Mm -hmm. maybe they'll have something like that where they'll just like shout out a lot of the cosplayers that would have won because at the end of the day it sucks if you've been working like for a year and then you know COVID-19 happened and you don't get to show off your cosplay Mm because you know we don't want to spread that (laughs) yeah exactly I think it was a hard decision to make, but the right one because we want to yeah. flatten that curve. Exactly. And, you know, Comic Con is what, 130, 150,000 people? And it's like, yeah. that's a big petri dish that we don't want to expand. Exactly. And that's that's just the convention itself. We're not including the people that are like outside doing all the free stuff or yeah. the, the people in San Diego itself that just come by because this is our city, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's way more than 130. It's just 130,000 yeah. like tickets sold is really what it is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the official name of this podcast is Let's Enter the Arena, but let's segue it a little, <laughs> a little bit into Let's Enter the San Diego Convention Center. What's your coolest <laughs> memory of ever going to San Diego Comic-Con? Oh, I just got chills right now. So every <laughs> single year, and this yeah. is why Comic-Con is my favorite convention ever. And I don't care how big it gets. Yeah. I will go back every single year because there are moments that are so intimate and so personal yeah. that happen all the time. Um I will meet someone that I didn't expect meeting. So uh, one year, I'm going to say a couple, sorry. Sure. (laughs) One year, uh, I went into one of the video game, we have like video game like panel areas where people play a bunch of games and stuff. And I was just like waiting for one of my friends. And there was like this chair open next to these two guys playing. So I just sat there waiting. I was watching them like, oh, they're pretty good. They're playing Tekken, by by the way. (laughs) And then one of my friends came by. They're like, dude, do you know who you're sitting next to? And I'm like, "Uh, no. And he's like, that's the creator of Tekken. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that's so cool, you know? And, like, it's stuff like that. Like, And so just sitting there watching the creator of Tekken play Tekken, uh-huh. that's just, that wow, just that's only cool. happens at Comic-Con, you know? Yeah. And then another thing that had happened is um, <laughs> I met uh, Mark Rosewater when oh, cool. I was getting – exactly, right? That This was last year. Uh, I was at the Magic the Gathering panel, and yeah. then he was super – super nice and yeah. like was signing cards outside for people and then i had um my 99 well <laughs> well spent uh cards there that i got from uh god I, it's, it's all eluding me now yeah. um but you know the set of like nicol bolas and then like it like no one really liked it because it looked like pokemon cards but that's exactly why i liked it because it looked like pokemon cards so i got that signed by mark yeah. rosewater <laughs> oh cool uh, well maybe maybe yeah. that, that maybe that was another place where i might have met you because i also was yeah. was there last year this was during the right after the throne of eldraine panel right, right? yeah so yeah. I, I also got my card signed from him there uh so we might Dude. have even just been like side by side there you got your stuff signed and i got oh, my nightpack ambusher one you know that one little wolf guy yeah 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 so yeah we might have even been at that moment because yeah he stood I there know. and signed everyone's stuff and you know blocking traffic right. but you know that's mark rosewater yeah, let him sign whatever. stuff whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> so like little things like that i mean i got to see stan lee i mean yeah. r.i.p rest in peace sir yeah. you're awesome but yeah. uh seeing Stanley in person you know that's pretty freaking awesome oh and then yeah. like the star wars hall h thing where i saw uh, mark hamill and yeah. i'm not gonna like keep naming like, all the celebrities <laughs> but when they say it starts that it is the yeah. easiest thing because the stars are just as excited to be there as you are they will cosplay and walk the convention hall because mm. they want to experience comic-con just like we do <laughs> yeah. and that happens a lot like it's really cool it's just there's something about this convention that cannot be mimicked. It is beautiful. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> How Definitely. about you? Well, one time I got a, a photo with Peter Mayhew, the actor that was Chewbacca from the Star That's Wars movies. Cool. 
So that was really cool. Um, Rest in peace for him. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, And um, was it last year or the year before? It's all blending together now. But um, I was uh, with my friend out over at one of the restaurants outside of the convention center. And we were Mm -hmm. sitting there. And then I saw a guy sit down with like a little bit of an entourage. And then I looked carefully. I'm like... That's Greg Nicotero, who works on The Walking Dead. And there That's he so is cool. eating at a little <laughs> restaurant there. And it's like, wow, so cool. Yeah, it's and like that happens so often. Like they're everyone's accessible, but at the same time everyone has respect. I don't know how to mm-hmm. to to explain it. Like like we just you know that there's like, oh, that's someone really famous, but we're not gonna bother them. Yeah. We're just gonna let them be them, be human. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them enjoy so, the grandeur of exactly, Comic-Con as well. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I think it was a Daniel Radcliffe, the guy oh, who plays yeah. Um, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, so he dressed up as Spider-Man uh, <laughs> completely head to toe so he could walk the convention hall. Uh-huh. And then anyone that asked for his picture, he actually took his mask off so he could <laughs> take a photo of it. So like, everyone's asked, like, asking for you know, a picture of cosplay Spider-Man and gets Harry Potter instead. What a yeah. bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was expecting Tobey Maguire. Yeah, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, yeah. Well, obviously, we this means that we need to do a brand new podcast where we reminisce about the years of Comic-Con. For sure, for sure. <laughs> 50 years. Oh, yeah. this would have been 51. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll have your people call my people. And, and by, that, <laughs> yep. by that, I mean I'll, I'll call you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess as we wind down the podcast... Um, what final thoughts about anything magic related do you have? Um, look into the lore more. Like that's what I want mm-hmm. to tell more people. Is just like it's great playing the game and stuff, but you'll enjoy the game so much more if you dive into the lore and don't be scared of it. Just I, I suggest Magic Origins first. Know where your planeswalkers came from. Mm-hmm. Zendikar arc right after. Know how the Gatewatch was made. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic story. It's there. Um, do it. Lore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like the lore as well. Um, I fell off a little bit. I was like, after I got back into magic, I, I started to read the Hour of Devastation story. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me go back to read Amonkhet first, because this is the sequel to that, right? So yeah, I went yeah. back to Amonkhet, I read that, and then I was reading it pretty uh, pretty nonstop as it came out. I really liked Ixalan Block. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I totally shipped Jace uh, and, um, and Vraska. <laughs> Uh, but then when we got to the um, Corsa 2021 or Corsa 2019 lore, um, I started to read it a little bit less, I guess. But now I'm going yeah, back to it. And then I just want to catch up with all of that lore as well. So maybe I'll get also the maybe I'll listen to some cool like audio version somewhere on the Internet that will uh, help where? me catch up. I don't know where I don't know where you could possibly <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm more of a um, I'm a Chandra Nissa fan myself. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, like it's it's really interesting, and you don't have to like read everything. I mean, there's so much, and yeah. I get it. It's, it's it feels overwhelming. Just start somewhere and just like begin. Magic Origins, at the very least, know your planeswalkers because it's cool. Like I I really I didn't realize how much I would like Kithian until I decided to read about Kithian. Mm-hmm. Like stuff. Like <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's just cool. And then like, uh, what was his card with like the most saddest art ever from um, from oh, War no. of the Spark? With him no, and his friends. That's so sad. <laughs> it's an amazing card, amazing art, but it just gives you the feels right right there, right in the spot. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that reaction I had, that was actually the reaction I initially had when that yeah. when someone brought that up. Uh, <laughs> but <sighs> good talk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's uh, let the the listeners know one more time. What's the best place to find you online? Anything you'd like to promote? Yeah. So uh, again, it doesn't sound like it here because I'm I'm talking quite a bit, <laughs> like I'm very very talkative here. Uh, I do a podcast called Vorthos Audio Files, and it is a Magic the Gathering podcast where I read to you for your relaxation while flavoring your knowledge of the multiverse. Multiverse. Uh, my viewers. Liken it to MTG meets ASMR. Mm. They have said that it's like listening. If the foil alternate art can, if you could hear the foil alternate <laughs> art, that's what my voice sounds like on there. Um, and a lot of my viewers say they are surprised. They thought that I was using like a, a different kind of like mic because you're like, you sound different. I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm reading a book for bedtime and I'm not talking at you. <laughs> yeah. I sound different. But mm-hmm. yeah, so 
give that give that a look sees it's free um i made it for me so that other people can listen to it like an audiobook while they're doing like chores or they're winding down for the day mm-hmm. uh there's not really something like that right now so i just wanted to make it since it didn't exist so there's yeah. that and then also you can play magic with me on twitch sunday evenings uh Pacific Standard Time around seven ish. Mm-hmm. Not very good at keeping that, but I'm playing Magic pretty often. But Sundays generally, that's when my playing with viewers day, and I don't play to win. Mm-hmm. I play to lose creatively. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Do you want to win or do you want to meme? <laughs> exactly that. I want to mm-hmm. meme. <laughs> very nice. I'll put all those links in the show notes so people can find Thank you, you easily. Thanks. Thank you so for much. That. As for myself, yeah, uh, just find me everywhere, VM Campos, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, etc. I do streaming on Saturday nights um, at 8 p.m. Pacific, both on Twitch and uh, YouTube at the same time. Uh, I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm doing also like a drawing a day challenge. So every single day I try to draw a little drawing, a little sketch. I put those on my... um, on my Twitter, and then they get archived on this uh, ancient technology known as Flickr. Um, <laughs> so they're there as well, and um, that's a place where people can find me. So, yeah. Yeah. So watch VM Campus on Saturdays. <laughs> watch Yoshi Islander on Sundays. You got a great week. <laughs> exactly. A great way to we unwind that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Yoshi, thank you so much for being on the podcast, and hope to have you again uh, soon enough. Thanks for having me. It was a fun time. Bye, guys. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.